hundreds of millions of dollars in sales without any ad spend and only from emailing your audience. Hi, this is Jared Krause, host of the Buying Online Businesses podcast. And in this episode, I'm talking with Chase Diamond, who is the co-founder of Boundless Labs, which is an email marketing agency that since 2018 has sent hundreds of millions of emails resulting in well over hundreds of millions of dollars in sales for their clients. In this podcast episode, Chase and I specifically talk about how to build an email list the right way for your e-commerce business and also the wrong way. Also, some of the pitfalls and traps when building your email list in terms of the quality of list that you're building and how a non-quality list can actually be bad for your business and bad for your email list. We also talk about why a big email list isn't necessarily the best for your business and what you should be thinking about and doing instead when building your email list and harnessing your email list for your e-commerce business. We then dive in to talk about how to build a relationship with your email list and your audience and actually increase the trust that you have with your email subscribers so then you can increase your sales and provide a better service and product for them as well. We also talk about what type of subscriber on your list should you be focusing on that can help you to increase your average order value and your customer lifetime value. Guys, this is such a powerful episode for email marketing. If you own an online business, this is going to be a very valuable podcast episode for you. Let's dive in. Do you want to build or grow your content website? Niche website builders have helped hundreds of people to take their content websites from a few hundred dollars per month to over tens of thousands of dollars per month with crafted content creation, buying age domains, and link building strategies. These strategies have helped people increase their traffic, authority, monthly earnings, and their website valuation too. Head to nichewebsite.builders forward slash B-O-B forward slash to get 10% off any link building or 10% more from their content creation services. That's nichewebsite.builders forward slash Bob forward slash. I'll put a link in the description too. Chase, welcome to the episode, the podcast. How are you doing? Doing well, thanks. How are you? Really good, thank you. I'm... I. When we're emailing, I told you I was excited. And when you, we first dropped up on the call today, I told you I was excited. I'm still very excited for this chat about email marketing. Email marketing has been very good for me and I've gone all in on email marketing and I just can't, it's just not enough businesses do it well enough, especially in the e-commerce space, which you will talk about in this episode. I've got some clients that have e-commerce businesses. Some don't do any email marketing. And then we have some that have done really well in their business and then got to the point where they're like, let's try some email marketing and the email marketing has crushed it for them. Uh, so I'm looking forward to asking a bunch of questions. But why did you get started email marketing? Tell us about that. Yeah, my story is a little bit strange. Um, I'm going to make this really short, but when I was 14 years old, I got diagnosed with Crohn's disease. After being sick for about a year, I finally figured out what it was. So I took it upon myself at 14 to basically start raising fundraising and awareness for this disease. So that way other folks that got it wouldn't have to suffer for a whole year without actually knowing what they had. Um, So I was like taking ads out in the paper. I was emailing friends and family members, putting on these events. So email has really been like at the core of everything I've ever done from that whole experience as a teenager through in college, I was working six, seven different eight jobs and internships to pay my way through 
college. So, um, you know, at every job, whether it was a sales job, a marketing job, we were using email on the acquisition side. We we're using email on the retention side, using email on the conversion side. So when I graduated college, I really looked at the things that I had done really, really well and the things that I enjoyed and where I thought the opportunity was. And it just happened to be email. So every single business I've built or been a part of has either only done email or leveraged email as a large being. So a couple of things I've done is I built an email travel series from zero to 500,000 subscribers in 10 months. So it was much like the hustle, the scam and morning brew, but for travel, we used platforms like Instagram to source uh, contact info based off of people's interests. So for you, you mentioned that you're in Australia, right? So I might see that you're in Australia and you might be posting some really cool travel photos. So based off the hashtag you post, the geolocation you tag, or the accounts that you follow, if your email was on your profile that was publicly available, we would pull that and we'd send you a personalized invite to join our travel community. And then the whole business was literally a weekly travel series where we broke down the coolest places to visit that were well known and off the beaten path. And then fast forward to today, you know, I run an agency specifically doing email marketing for clients. We've sent billions of emails and done hundreds of millions of dollars in email revenue for our clients. So email is such a powerful channel that so many people to your point sleep on, which doesn't really make sense to me. It's super profitable. And it's super predictable. It is when you think about it that you said predictability, it really is like I know what sort of return I'm going to get from sending an email. I know the open rate based on previous open rates. I know the click through rates and then I know the conversion rates. Um, based on my email. So I never thought about this, but I'm, I've got an email campaign coming out um, sometime in the year, later in the year. And I thought about what would the good goal for that? And I thought, what would, what I would, what would I realistically be able to achieve through running that? And it makes sense that that can be quite accurate because of that. But I want to come back to building the email list. So is cold outreach one of your main approaches? Um, you know, pulling pulling emails from people that have a high level of interest in what in the email list you're wanting to build, or do you have other? You know, what are some of the other things that you do as well to build an email list, specifically for e-commerce businesses, uh, because that's your main bread and butter uh, on on who you work with. Because I don't think enough people with e-commerce businesses really focus on email marketing like they should, right? Building the list, at least I should say. Because it's more like uh, just put ads out there and try to sell my products, and yeah. uh, it's it's not a very it's it's like trying to quickly catch a butterfly with a butterfly net rather than building a garden and drawing that drawing that traffic <laughs> to you, right? And and doing that through email marketing, there's you know putting ads out there and trying to convert a sale with usually with a colder audience. So what are some of the what are these some of these cool ways that we can build an email list for our e-commerce businesses? Yeah, a couple of thoughts. Like I think the really important point is like where I sit right here doing email marketing for brands, we only can work with brands that have traffic and lists, right? Like I can't go work with someone that just starts off that has no list, right? So mm-hmm. uh, email is only as good as the traffic and the leads coming through, right? So to your point, like you have to spend a lot of time actually driving that traffic and capturing those folks into emails. Um, Another thing to preface is like with the cold email stuff that I was doing, um, that was more really kind of outside of e-commerce. I was building like massive newsletter business and kind of media sites that worked really, really well. You know, with these travel folks that we were doing, we were sending them an editorial-based email. And over time, we were trying to sell them airline tickets and hotel bookings and maybe e-commerce products on the back end. But that sales cycle was a lot longer. We had to really build trust and we had to actually, you know, it was free for people to join. Whereas with e-commerce, right, obviously you need people to convert on something that's 
30 bucks, 50 bucks, a hundred bucks, a thousand dollars, whatever that might be. Um, so you can get kind of crafty with e-commerce, but I don't know that cold email necessarily is as applicable. You know, with scaling the agency, we did B2B outreach to e-commerce brands. But moving over to e-commerce, with where we really sit, most of our focus is on what we call middle to bottom of the funnel. So if you think about top of the funnel, things like paid traffic, SEO, influencers, mm-hmm. affiliates, PR. Where we sit, right, there's things like email, SMS, messenger marketing, etc. So where we really sit is we basically are taking the traffic that a client is driving and we're leveraging different types of forms. So pop-ups, flyouts, embedded forms to be able to capture existing traffic into email addresses, right? There are different types of forms, as I just mentioned. There's different types of behavior. Do you show that form right away? Do you wait till someone's scrolled a portion of the page? Do you wait till someone's exiting? And then with all of that, right, there's different types of offers. And each offer lends itself to a different conversion rate. There's three main types of offers. The first is sign up to join our list. And that typically gets about a 1% conversion rate of people entering their email. So out of every 100 people, you get one email. It's not that exciting. Just join our email list. It's kind of lame. I don't really I don't really care enough about a brand to just do yeah. that, right? The second one is some kind of discount or incentive or offer. So that could be something like $5 off, 5% off, free shipping, right? Most brands are leveraging that type of approach. And you're going to see somewhere in the ballpark, depending on how well you optimize it, maybe between like 5 to 8% of people giving you their email. So every 100 people visit your website that are cold, you can expect about five to eight people, right? Pretty decent. The last one is this whole enter to win model. So uh, if you sell wallets, it might be an enter to win or a weekly wallet giveaway. Uh, Mm. If you sell t-shirts, it might be enter to win our monthly t-shirt giveaway, right? And that typically is seeing like eight to 12% conversion on cold traffic into email subs. So I'm sure everyone listening or watching immediately is like, oh man, I have to do this giveaway thing. And while it's worth trying, um, you know, the quality might be a little bit different on someone that is entering solely for a giveaway versus someone that's entering for an offer. And the conversion mm-hmm. window is going to be a lot longer for someone that wants to give away. They're going to wait that one week. They're going to wait that one month to see if they've won and then potentially per- purchase or convert from there. So kind of test the two. Um, you have to factor in number of total emails collected and then overall engagement and conversion. So that's kind of where I sit. It's mainly leveraging forms. We also collect emails at checkout, whether people have entered their details and bot or if they just gotten through the first page of checkout entering their address their name their phone number outside of that though to kind of talk about what our clients are doing you know there really isn't a substitute for paid traffic and e-commerce right most people are leveraging facebook and instagram they're unpredictable ios 14 14.5 really screwed things up been really difficult that being said like they really still are the best if not some of the best platforms for targeting and driving that purchase and that's what makes email so much more important is Nowadays, you might be break even, potentially unprofitable in that first sale on the front end through paid ads, which is why you need things like email and SMS because you need to get that repeat purchase. The repeat purchase is that's where it's gravy, right? Uh, you know, basically acquisition gets people in, but it doesn't give you the bottom line numbers that you need. So you have to run paid traffic. Obviously, there's a lot of attention on TikTok right now. Is that going to work? Is it not going to work? What are people seeing? And the results are are so mixed. So that's kind of what I got for you on that. That's awesome. Yeah, I think there's so many things that I'd like to break down that you've just mentioned. Uh, but could you imagine owning an e-commerce business and getting kicked off Facebook uh, because your account got shut down for some reason 
and you don't have an email list, like how are you going to sell to people? Like you can, then you got to go away and create another whole marketing funnel uh, or campaigns through Google or another platform, which costs a lot of time and money to set up. Um, And you don't have something as, as a contingency plan with this security like it's this, the word security really lends well to what an email list is, right? Like it's so vital for a business that people in e-commerce just, please guys, think about this. <laughs> yeah, and you and I know this, but people would be surprised with like every single day, there's probably dozens, if not hundreds of businesses that are getting shut down. Honestly, probably even thousands. I don't know the exact numbers, so don't quote me, but there's easily hundreds, if not maybe even thousands of people that are getting shut down on a daily, if not weekly basis, right? Yeah. Maybe they put up the wrong ad, right? Maybe they're a business that's in a industry that's not necessarily quote unquote compliant, like a cannabis or a CBD or whatever, whatnot. Or maybe, you know, you're getting so many people marking your ad as spam or kind of the quality score goes down. Like there's so many people that are just getting shut down all the time. Um, having an email list, again, it's not going to get you all the same revenue that you're having before. But it's going to allow you to stay in business and really drive consistent profitable revenue while you go and figure out that top of funnel. Otherwise, if you're only relying on top of funnel and you don't drive sales, like you could be out of business if you don't have other channels to kick in. Yeah, I I felt this personally in two different times with with Facebook. At the end of 2018, I was my sole traffic and income was coming through Facebook ads, leads, and everything yeah. got shut down lost almost lost my business because of it had to change change a lot change my strategy got back you know got my facebook account working again all that sort of stuff and then about a year ago yeah almost a year ago today when time of a recording is my ad account got shut down again this time it was a completely different story my business was not affected much i would say maybe like five to seven percent eight percent affected from not being able to run facebook ads but because i built an email list there was no real oh my god my you know i've lost my my income i've lost my business and i just don't think enough people talk about the risk that's involved of not having an email list i want to come back to the two different types of well you you mentioned four different ways you can uh build an email list for an e-commerce business I'm so glad that you mentioned the prize one uh, or the competition because yeah. of the intent, like to test both of those, right? To test uh, an offer versus the competition because the intent of somebody that's going to apply or join a list just for to win something may actually be very low intent. They just want to win the thing and then and then get off the list. So you can have a, a quick churn and burn rate, right? So what would your suggestion be? Would you be? Would you say if you're going to run a competition, make sure the product is very relevant to the business that you're in, or do you have any other things that you kind of tra- tricks and tactics you can do? Yeah, that's that's 100 accurate. Where it's like I see, let's say for example, I talked about a wallet or apparel company. I see so many wallet or apparel companies giving away an, an iPhone or an iPad. It's like, <laughs> why are you why are you doing that? Like, how oh does that God. have any relevance to your business? Yeah. Now you're yeah. going to have hundreds or thousands of people on your list that want the iPhone. And then when something like is that high of a prize, you also find a lot of people trying to game the system, right? They're going to be using six of their emails. They're going to add seven of their friends and 10 of their parents, right? Like, or, or whatever, right? Everyone that they can is going to be on that list. So mm-hmm. not only do you end up with people that don't necessarily need it or want it, you end up with a lot of new people that have no idea who you are might mark you a spam, the emails might bounce, this person's just really incentivized to win. So I think it's really important that you really do, to your point, 
have alignment between what in the world you sell versus what you're giving away. You sell wallets, give away a wallet. If you sell shirts, give away a shirt. If you sell beauty stuff, give away makeup or you know hair care stuff. Give something away that is actually something you sell. Then again, you're still going to have people on your list that may not really care. They're just going to see if they win free stuff. And that's okay. But you're going to have a lot less people that just try to game the system and uh, ultimately maybe screw up your deliverability, make you pay more to your email provider because you have all these people on your list now. So having the alignment is probably like the, the, the like the most obvious one. This is funny. It's so funny. There's people that will have a massive email list just to have a massive email list and yeah. the level of engagement is so low on that email list, but they can go away and go, look, I've got an email list of this size, but they yeah. don't they don't take away, they don't remove and they're paying for it in, in hosting on their email email provider. Uh, but also from what I've learned in, in email marketing is, you know, it, the more, the less people that, you know, open an email or click on emails, the deliverability of your emails to the rest of your list that are engaged decreases yeah. as well, right? So it's, there's so many effects of having a, a big email list that are, that are non-valuable subscribers really, right? Yeah, list, list size is such a, a weird flex where like people flex about having a million people on your list. And then I actually have a, a real scenario where uh, an A-figure brand came to us. I was like, hey, you know, one of the things I ask in the onboarding uh, before we hop on a call is what size is your list? They're like a million people. And I'm like, okay, well, how much revenue are you driving? They're like, oh, we're driving like 5%. I was like, you have a million person le- list, but you're only doing 5% of your revenue from email. And I'm oh, like, well, why is that? And like, do you guys not send emails? They're like, no, we send emails all the time. You get in the account, 2% open rates, 4% oh, open rates, right? So it's like, you sure, you have a million people on your list, but 2% of that is what, 20,000 people are opening it? You'd be better off, you know, only having let's say a hundred thousand people on your list, and at that point, if you know twenty thousand people open, that's a twenty percent open rate. You're going to ultimately over time be able to expand that because you're going to be hitting the inbox or the promotions, not the spam. Granted, they're also on an email platform and they're paying, I think, an extra like four thousand dollars a month because of all the people that they had that just never had opened. And I'm talking about opened in the last six, twelve, eighteen months, or had never opened since they started the business like five years ago, right? So these guys were flexing and talking about how they had million person lists doing eight figures, but email was such a small contributor and their deliverability was so bad and their domain was pretty much trash and they're paying, you know, $4,000 extra a month. That's an extra $50,000 a year. They had reinvested that back at the time we started working with them and they were getting one, two, three, four X ROAS. This was like a couple years ago. Dude, they could have been printing more money because like you could turn 50K into 100K. If you turn 100K into, right? Like, it just yeah. really multiplies. So don't leave money on the table by just paying more to your email platform to have people that are not going to add any value. They're actually going to hurt you way more than they're going to help you. Yeah, it's it's really good. I like the point of they're sending out these emails and again, 2 to 4% open rates. It, the, what I hear is they're basically burning bridges, right? With their, yeah. with their contacts and just ruining what relationship they could build. Uh, yeah. And it's doing them worse off than anything like you've like you've mentioned so with an email list what i've learned is building a relationship is absolutely critical and maintaining that relationship is absolutely critical so because when you have a relationship and the better the relationship is that you have with anybody not just in an email list but anybody the more trust you have with them which means the the higher chance of, of purchasing in the future so what are some of the things that we can do to build a relationship and maintain a relationship with our list yeah that's a good question and i was kind of thinking as you're asking about like this use case by the time that people are listening to this this event's going to be over but i'd love to talk about like 
this event that I'm hosting at the time of, you know, it's going to be over, but I'm going to talk about like what we did and how we leveraged our list. So mm-hmm. um, I think when you think about an email list, like some of the most important on your list are these quote unquote VIPs, right? And everyone has a different definition of a VIP, but it's at some point or another, it's some function of has spent X dollars over the last Y number of days, weeks or months, right? So one example might be someone spent $100 at your store in the last 30 days. And this obviously is going to depend on your AOV, which stands for your average order value. Uh, when people come on average, are they spending $25, $50, $75, $100, right? More or less, what does that look like? And then what is the typical lifetime value? And what's the repeat purchase, right? So if it's a $50 AOV and the lifetime value is $100, that means that typically people are buying from your store twice you know, in aggregate. So if you say, okay, $50 is the AOV, $100 is the LTV, and people are buying twice, then maybe my VIPs are folks that have bought three or more times from me in the last six months. Or maybe it's people that have spent $125 or $150 from me in the last two months or three months, right? So you basically have to take like your numbers, kind of watermark that, and then the 10 or 20% of people that are over that benchmark are quote unquote your VIPs, right? And for VIPs, like, what do they care about? What do they want? Um, they want early access, right? They, if you're launching a new product or collection or service, they want to know about it first. Uh, do they want discounts? Sure, I'm, I'm sure they want discounts, but they're not necessarily only incentivized by discounts. Uh, they want maybe to be on your SMS list or in a Facebook group for VIPs or a Slack group, right? Uh, they want like exclusive content. They want access to the founders or the team to be able to ask questions. There's a way to be able to tag these people and give them priority support. That's great too, right? So there's all these different criteria and these things that outside of just a discount that you can do for these VIPs. And that really is going to nurture them to come time again and buy from you, right? And then in Q4 of this past year, we kind of introduced this concept of, great, we have VIPs by dollar spent. That's obvious. I just talked about that. We also have these VIP folks that are not necessarily the big spenders, but they're heavy engagers. They open every email. They click every email. Anytime we ask for a reply, they, they reply. They're the ones forwarding the emails to the friends. You know, if you post a poll, they're going to respond to that poll, right? So there's these people that like that are kind of like the sliver of folks that if the AOV is 50 and the LTV is 100, maybe they've only bought once at the $50, but they're engaged and they're active and they're excited, right? How do we treat these people like VIPs based off engagement to move them into that bucket of VIPs based off dollar spent? And that was really successful. It was just done through those things of like, writing them handwritten notes and giving them the first look and calling it out, giving them priority support. So those are kind of some of the the things and ways we drive engagement is like we treat people that spend a lot of money one way. And the people that have spent a lot of time just interacting with us, we treat them really well too. Obviously the people in the middle, we don't not treat well, we treat them well. They're just getting, I wouldn't say cookie cutter stuff, but they're getting a little bit neither here nor there stuff, right? They're getting enough stuff to be engaged, exciting, the interesting content and whatnot. But we're really emphasizing, it's, you know, it's like the 80-20 rule, right? 80% of our sales are going to come from 20% of the people that are really heavily engaged. Yes. You might have something to say, but I want to, after you say something, or if you had something to say, I want to go into like this next use case, um, kind of this, this tangible example of something I was building. Yeah, cool. Let's go into the next use case. But yeah, the 80-20 is so important. I think people go in business in so many different, uh, it doesn't just need to be within email marketing. So many people like... I need to get these people to this VIP level and they focus on that. But you may be focusing on people that is really, really hard to move to that next level because they're not as motivated, they're not as inspired and they don't really care about the brand or the the, the niche as much as what other the other people on the 
high engagement list or the VIP list are. So why not make them feel even more special? Yes. And that's what I hear is like what you're doing is you're making those people that are showing interest, helping them to feel even more special with these handwritten notes, with the more VIP access exclusivity type things. Yes. And they're the people that are going to, you're going to increase uh, your CLTV, right? Basically. Exactly. And I want to tie that into like a real example. And I'm not selling anything. By the time you listen to this, the event's going to be over. So it's not going to matter. <laughs> but yeah. um, about a week ago, uh, I launched this virtual event. And I want to kind of talk about like how we created like this buying frenzy for back, lack of a better word. Um, and in I think the first four hours, we had sold like 400 plus tickets, right? So we had about 4,800 people visit the website. And we had sold like over 400 tickets and whatnot um, in like four hours or something. So essentially what we did is we put on uh, social media, we put onto the email list, the text list, all of our assets that, hey, in 24 hours at 1 p.m. PST tomorrow, we have something really special dropping, right? So we kind of were a little bit ambiguous, a little bit vague, but kind of starting to hype, right? I think hyping something so important. Um, In e-commerce, right, if you have a product launch coming out, you don't want to just send an email saying, we're live, we're out. You want to be able to introduce and kind of tease it ahead of time, right, before you actually go live. So with us, we did this for this virtual event that we have started hyping it, letting people know something are coming. And then on top of that, we did something really, really interesting is we made each of the tickets uh, time sensitive and price sensitive. And what I mean by that is we did it in allotments of 50. So for every 50 tickets bought, the, the price increased by $5. So mm-hmm. we started this virtual thing at $5, right? So the very first 50 people got to buy all their tickets individually at $5. And then the next 50 people were $10, right? So we told people something's launching, something's coming. And now there's heavy incentivization for people to buy right away. Because if you're going to ultimately buy, you might as well buy at $5. Right now it's at $40, right? So everyone buying now is getting access to the same thing these people at $5 did. They're just paying 8x. And people kind of made a joke saying like, hey, can I sell my ticket now? Like I'm going to be profiting 8x, right? So what we essentially did, right? We did the hype. And then what we did is we basically launched 30 minutes early to our VIPs. So we told everyone 1 p.m. PST, this is going to go live. 30 minutes before, we sent an email out to our VIPs basically saying, hey, you probably saw our email. You probably saw our post that this is going live at 1 p.m. PST. And that's true. But for you, this starts now. You know, here's 30 minutes for you to get in on this. And here's why it's important. Because we're selling tickets uh, that increase $5 for every 50, you're going to be basically the first group of people that can buy this at five or 10, maybe $15, depending on how many you guys bought. So we gave the heads up 30 minutes early to our VIPs. We let them get the best pricing because there has no one else they're competing with. And we let them know, by the way, this is going out to Chase's list that has almost 30,000 people. This is going out to Rob's list that has 10,000 people. This is going out to our socials that have tens of thousands of people. But right now, this VIP thing is only going out to 1,000 people. Your odds are looking really, really good. And if you look at where the sales came from, like of the 400 sales in the first four hours, like 75 or 80% of them came from the VIPs because we gave them the heads up. They were primed, they were hyped, and then we launched. So that was kind of the, the example in the use case of like leveraging psychology and hype, uh, putting something out there across all channels so people knew, and then really giving VIPs that first access. I'm not really as much of an SMS expert, but the thing I like about SMS is the fact that like, you could literally send a message out and within minutes, almost everyone that's received it has actually opened it, right? So Mm -hmm. leveraging SMS is super important or kind of launching an email a little bit early for something like this is super important. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I I missed. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, the, the, the things here was like kind of to summarize was like building hype and anticipation, uh, leveraging VIPs, having on-page scarcity and viral loops, kind of referral loops. The other thing that we did is once people bought, we incentivized them to share and by giving them the option to win mugs and t-shirts and this, that, and another. So at 1230, before people even knew they could buy, we were getting sales and people were sharing on Twitter, tagging us saying, I just bought my ticket here. You can buy yours too. So people are now like, well, this thing didn't go live till one. What is happening, right? So it was kind of like this really interesting psychological experiment that did really, really well. And at this point right now, I think we've sold like 500 tickets. So 90% of the sales came in the first four hours, right? Mm -hmm. Because of that urgency. So sorry, that was kind of like the interesting use case that's been top of mind for me all week. Yeah, it's really good. I like the exclusivity and just... Like, like I said, making people feel special and giving them like the, the warnings and hyping and all those those things that you mentioned is like when I look at back at any successful email marketing campaigns I have, it's it's because of that. It, it's because of those things. Uh, and I don't like to I don't like to use the word. Well, I don't like the idea of the word hype that most people have around it. But if you have something that's good why not be excited about it and share that with your audience anyway, not to hype something up to be more than it actually is. Uh, That's what, that's what I would have to say. I wanted to ask. And and to expand on that. So, um, Oh, sorry, sorry. I cut you off. I was going to expand on that really quickly and really to tie that back to e-com. So yeah. So the word hype, yeah, again, not like basically lying or kind of overstating kind of the value or whatever it's going to be. But really just giving like a heads up, right? So almost like an almost like a early bird kind of look, like an early access type thing, right? So if you do a product launch, you want to do three emails. You want to do this pre-email, kind of giving people a heads up, what's called the heads up email. And then when the product's actually live, you want to do a product launch or a product announcement. And then you want to do basically a product reminder. Most people just send one, if any at all. They just send the product is here, right? And then people are like, well, I didn't even know that you were selling yeah, anything new like yeah. you know and at that point right there's no they're not excited right they just saw something and, and you want them to be excited so you have to give them a heads up you kind of have to be a little bit like intriguing and mysterious without being sketchy right mm. um so and it could even be something simple like we've done really successful emails that were literally just plain text like hey so and so wanted to let you know we've got a really cool new product launching tomorrow uh, if you want to sign up for the wait list to be the first to know, click here. Or, you know, if you want it to be the first to know early, click here. Like, we could even just do something super simple, just saying tomorrow at this time. One really cool thing we've done too is there's like certain sites out there that are free that allow you to create calendar links that anyone can opt into. So anytime I've done product launches or even, you know, course launches, whatever it might be, event launches, we send an email out saying, hey, tomorrow at this time, this event is going to go on sale. And if it, there's a limited quantity, if there's a specific discount, people will need and want to know and they need that notification. So we allow them to opt into a calendar invite where it's going to remind you. So at 1 p.m. PST, you have this product launch sale from this brand or you can buy Chase's course or you can buy this business, whatever it might be. And in that calendar invite, they'll have the details, they'll have the link, they'll have the special offer, those types of things. So there's some really interesting things that you guys can leverage and get creative with. So cool. And to come to think about the the success of the sales, like thinking about in my past campaigns and past work is like the 80 20 of it is in the build-up <laughs> yes. isn't it the 80 yes. the 80 percent of the sales um come from from the build-up really 
or the, the, the majority of the sales come from the builder. Without it, like, why would people, like you said before, it was like, oh, cool, you just launched something, but why didn't you, like, really tell me why you launched it? What's the story behind it? What's the reasoning? People aren't just like, oh, I'll buy a product just because it's there. It's like they, the reason right. they buy something is because of the, they have a really strong reason to, and you got to build that for them. Yeah. And to add to that, like, I think part of the reason that, like, uh, pre orders or kind of like wait list things work really, really well um, before you launch is because, like, you telling someone about something, allows them to add their spin and their imagination to it which is so powerful right like mm -hmm. you know if one of my favorite brands is like hey we're launching something really really cool tomorrow and they'll give me kind of like a few teasers you know i'm obsessing for the next 24 hours so it launches of like oh do they just do a collab with so-and-so yeah. oh man where are they gonna drop right like so i think also too like by giving people a heads up and not giving them everything and not just giving it right away you allow people to kind of like obsess over it and think about it and kind of marinate on it and they in their mind it kind of becomes like this grandiose thing so it's almost like however good it is i'm sure it's going to be good in their mind if they have enough time to kind of resonate and sit with it when they get it it might be that much better you know what they're doing is what i what i see these big brands do is at the end of each email they have they do something that all good tv shows do they have an open loop yes they have an open loop and then we that's what gets us to the next email right to close that loop it's just yeah it's such right they really hook you up. in so I, I think you know to summarize like what we've talked about today and maybe what we'll talk about if we keep going and kind of what is good marketing it's really understanding like psych psychology and human behavior and like what's going to get people to read and what's going to get people to share and what's going to get people to, to take action mm. and with great powers and great responsibility obviously you know you have to be respectful with it you can't abuse it right so i think it's so important to like learn these things and really you know instill these things into your marketing but don't take it so far to where like you're just like getting people overly hooked and overly hit on dopamine without good reason so i think there's like this fine line of like you want to create like this dopamine rush and you want to get people to do these things but like be responsible and be respectful yeah that's so good don't burn that bridge that you already built right yeah yeah so good chase this has been so fun i thoroughly enjoyed you coming on talk about email marketing where can we send people to check out more about what you're doing because the results that you've been getting for people you know hundreds of millions of dollars just through email marketing the e-commerce yeah. businesses people will be chomping at the bit to check out some more of your content or, or what you're up to. Yeah. So I think the, the best place would be Twitter. Um, so my last name is Diamond without the A, it's D-I-M-O-N-D. So Ecom Chase Diamond, no A in Diamond. And then on there, I have like a link in bio that links out to like my YouTube channel, my free newsletter. I've got a lot of great content. You know, 99% of the stuff I put out is free. I do have some paid courses, but for folks that just want to get started and learn for free, I've got copywriting tips and tricks that I post every day on social got a weekly newsletter that shares a bunch of stuff so uh, check me out on twitter and you'll find a bunch of the other links to free resources awesome thank you so much guys check it out hey those thank of you who are listening thank you for listening if you are going to do some email marketing on your e-commerce business re-watch this it's like reading a book when you come back to something again you're going to pick up things that you missed the first listen but also if you know anybody else that needs email marketing for their e-commerce business please do them a massive favor and share this podcast episode with them. It's going to help them, and it's also going to help us grow this podcast too. Thanks, guys. See ya.